Section twenty five of the Antiku. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Antiku by Jean Sharp and Bruce Jenkins. In case of need for long term defense. If the anti-coup defence is not successful within days or a few weeks, a new strategic situation will have been created. The Putschists will have probably succeeded in establishing a modicum of legitimacy, acceptance, cooperation and control. The conflict will then have been changed from a short-term anti-coup defence to a longer-term struggle against an established dictatorship. For that rather different conflict situation, only some suggestive lines of resistance can be outlined here. See Jean Sharp, From Dictatorship to Democracy, A Conceptual Framework for Liberation. In that resistance, a strategy of total non-cooperation with the new government would probably not be viable because of the need of the society to survive a longer-term struggle. Instead, a policy of concentrating resistance at various key points would be needed until a resulting change in the balance of forces merited an application of more widespread or total non-cooperation in order to bring final success. A longer-term defence strategy against an established dictatorship needs to focus on two main objectives. First, the attackers must be prevented from obtaining any other major objectives beyond the dictatorship itself. If the dictators seek other forms of domination as economic, ideological or political, then liberation plans need to concentrate on blocking these. This produces a strategy of selective resistance, sometimes called resistance at key points. Under a strategy of selective resistance, people in various professions and occupations might resist only on crucial issues. For example, the police, while attempting to keep criminal elements from taking advantage of the situation, might selectively refuse to locate and arrest democratic resistors, perhaps warning people of impending arrests and repressive actions. Teachers would refuse to introduce the regime's propaganda into the schools. Workers and managers would use strikes, delays and obstructionism to impede exploitation of the country. Clergymen would continue to preach about the duty to refuse to help the dictators. The second main objective of long-term defence is the protection of the autonomy of the society's institutions. When quick success of the anti-coup resistance has not occurred, the new dictators may attempt to control and silence various institutions of the society. These attempts would especially focus on those institutions that have been involved in the earlier defence struggle, such as the courts, schools, unions, cultural groups, professional societies, 
religious institutions, and the like. If control over such institutions is achieved, the future capacity of the society for resistance will be further weakened. Therefore, the long-term democratic struggle must firmly resist any efforts of the invader to control the society's institutions. Such institutions are not only points of resistance. They are also actual or potential resistance organizations which can act to defend the society from dictators and to restore the legitimate political system. The strategy of selective resistance is cited here only to show that an initial failure to defeat a coup need not doom the society to long-term dictatorship. However, the main anti-coup defense should aim to block the usurpation fully and quickly, well before the putschists have consolidated their control. End section 25